This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, it is good to be back in the cans. Is on, that what you on say? On the cans. Is it on the cans? It's on the I think it's on the cans. It's in the cans. Anyways. We're, <laughs> we're, both, we're both back in the studio. A little, not quite as warm as it was last week. This house is uh, actually for the first time not uh, deadly hot. Well, yeah. And you know what? You just got permits, right? So I did. this house is going to be transformed we You're are leaving. It sounds like you guys are at your wit's end. You know what's crazy is we're lifting the house. Have you ever gone through the process of lifting a house? It is a crazy process. <laughs> I think you know the um, answer. <laughs> well, I, I know you've uh, raised a lot of roofs in your yeah, day, but uh, <laughs> you never lifted a house. It is, uh, it, it's a very elaborate process. So we got... <laughs> I'm like, Adam, have you ever let a dog out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, know you, I know you've let the dogs out. Um, but no, we, uh, we have to demolish our garage and we have to... Um, we've got Zviac doing the house lifting. They're, they're awesome. And uh, yeah, we're, we're super excited, but there's a lot of things to line up. And a lot of moving parts. Well, so, because uh, you're lifting the house, you're stratifying the property. Not yet, not yet. That's down the road. But oh, we're, the we're, road. yeah. But we're essentially building two totally independent suites. Um, and uh, we got the permits. We've got, we got, we ended up getting great FSR. But man, it took a long time. And uh, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll glad to have check it. Check episode over. three. We found the rental project of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, we did push pause, so it wasn't all waiting on uh, the city of Vancouver, but. Uh, man, that's a, that's a tough, that's a, t- I, I, I don't wish that on my worst enemy waiting on permits in Vancouver. Anyway, all my frustration with the city has now 
is now gone. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm just ecstatic to have permits, so we're looking forward to that. But what's new with you, Matt? You're, you're, well, uh, you're the, the king of Airbnb now. Yeah, the king of Airbnb is right. Uh, we uh, Airbnb'd our house while we were away, which I've never done before, which I was very nervous. That was nervous. your first experience I was Airbnb. very nervous about doing it. It's funny. I, I'm a huge proponent of Airbnb until it's my own place because uh, it's, a, it's a lot scarier than you'd think to have random people in your house and sleeping in your bed. Uh, I guess actually, as I say it, it's not that surprising. But what we did was we we were leaving at the start of July and like literally a week before, and this is a plug for, for Sarah Penman of Penman Properties. Who's been on the former guest, been on the program. Former guest. I, basically five to seven days before I was heading out, we were like, wait a second, maybe we should consider, you know, we fall, uh, we live in the house all year round. We're actually the exact Airbnb the way the city wants Airbnb to ru- be run, right? Right. You guys, you did it by the rules. Yeah, we we did everything by the rules. We're, it was fully legitimate. Uh, I called Sarah Penman. We, she got in photos, got it up on Airbnb, got it rented for almost the entire time we were away. In fact, a little bit longer than I was away. Um, and uh, yeah, made made some good money, and uh, my house is intact, no damage at all. It, uh, her people came in and cleaned it before I got home. It was like I never left. You sound surprised that Airbnb actually worked. Do you think if it failed that many times, it would be so? <laughs> I know popular? this is this is the thing, right? But <laughs> for some reason, the only thing is it, it, the slight. It's like I I didn't want to talk to Sarah throughout my trip. I didn't want to think about it at all because it, there is a slight level of anxiety. But Airbnb, you can command such good nightly rates that uh it was worth its weight in gold that's for sure i would recommend anyone doing and that's the thing and and so you know now with the new airbnb rules you know you're pretty much always renting out your primary residence right you have to that's 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 the thing so that creates a different level of anxiety than say you know two years ago if you just had a condo that you put on airbnb where it was a furnished rental and you had it it was a business right i mean who cares right at that stage yeah i mean you have your insurance you have everything intact you have your no and you know what there's all sorts of complications like how are my neighbors going to react to different groups going through do we want to set you know a minimum of five days and or four days or yeah. three days. There's there's all sorts of questions that we kind of Did dealt with very quick. Did they use your toothbrush? Quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, nearly. I mean, they're using your pots and pans. And so, right. so you have to, you know, count your cutlery and everything else. And like I said, I was even, like, my wife was worried about the books going missing and nothing nothing happened. Also, uh, no one steals books. Yeah, no one steals books. And also, yeah, our book selection is probably pretty specific. Yeah, I mean, like, who's going to steal uh, the first edition of PC for dummies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, so anyway, but I, we're back home. Airbnb worked out, uh, and uh, yeah, so so it was all good. Actually, the funny thing was, I came back a little bit earlier than I at first expected, and um, like, well, you're so you're you're away. You come yeah, home, and a you little were bit away because yeah. you were you were in Philadelphia. I right. came back to Vancouver, and I was actually a week, eight days, um, where my home was rented still. Right, so. You did kindly offer me a room in your place. You Which have you the, politely rejected. Yeah, exactly. But you, <laughs> so I've been here. Yeah. So, so you, so let me understand this. So you, you came home. Your place is still being Airbnb. That's so right. Where did you actually end up? I staying? ended up staying at Main and Twelfth. Uh, a very s- strange situation where some folks had moved to Nelson, but the possession was not until August first. So they had a, like literally a week or two with an empty townhome that I. Uh, I crashed in. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it was good. 
So maybe that's actually a new business model. You'll just start couch surfing and you can keep renting your place out on Airbnb. You know what? I live there six months a year. It's actually, it makes a lot of sense. You can definitely, no matter how big your mortgage is, I think Airbnb covers it. There's still really a good market in Airbnb. Yeah, no. Well, in fact, the market's getting better for folks. Fewer people are doing it, right? Yeah, it's like the market's basically dried up. And uh, so, yeah, actually a neighbor of mine is renting their place out for all of August, 400 bucks a night. So it's twelve thousand dollars. They're going to visit family, and, and that's they, and, and they make twelve grand. grand. Yeah. Wow! And that's and this has got to be high season, I would imagine. Yeah, summer, summer is uh, summer in Vancouver is the best time, but uh, it's Still, probably not going to be the last time I go spend time place. with family and make money doing it. Yeah, that's, uh, I didn't uh, in part because of our very last minute kind of uh, way we went about it. Uh, there's I didn't make anywhere near that amount of money, but uh, it's still it's worth worth doing. Awesome. And so who do we have on the program today? We got Jason Turcotte, Vice President of Development from Cressy, the Cressy Group. A oh, huge fan of Jason's. And he's becoming he's becoming a, a almost, mainstay almost on every, the show. Yeah, everybody's it's a here. fan favorite now, but it's true. Jason is, we got wildly positive reviews the first time he was on. Right. Um, he was on the pre-sale podcast talking about Chelsea, that Cressy project that's uh, actually had a really successful launch yep. in a market in which not everybody's having hugely successful launches. Well, this is it. And and it's interesting as well because Cressy is is one of our favorite developers. They've been around for over 40 years, almost coming up on 50 years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they've done amazing things in terms of branding themselves around initially it was the Cressy Kitchen. Yeah. And now it's just, they've got this reputation of just producing quality stuff, The the highest quality, yeah. And there's a reason why Chelsea performed the way it did along the Canby Corridor, uh, that it was just beautiful, beautiful. So, um, yeah, but Jason talks about everything from slowing pre-sale market, uh, market predictions... Yeah, we cover the. It's it's more of a check in episode than anything. Yeah, but it's but it's, it's it is it's it's riveting. That's so, right. So uh, you're going to really enjoy this one. So Matt, why don't without further ado, let's cut to our interview with Jason Turcott. Enjoy. Okay, so we're here with Jason Turcott, Vice President of Development for Cressy Development Group. How you doing, Jason? I'm great. Guys, how are you doing? Not too bad. Thanks again for taking the time. It's always my pleasure. So, Jason, can you start maybe by just, uh, I know we've had you on the show before and uh, you're, you're a fan favorite by now, but can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm uh, Vice President of Development at uh, Cressy, as you mentioned, which means uh, all kinds of different things to different people. But uh, basically, we uh, we work as a group here, as a team, of which uh, you know I, I lead a group of development managers that uh, are primarily responsible for um, you know, the product development and uh, you know entitlement of the projects and, uh, and working with our sales and marketing group to see these projects through. Sort of uh, my world in a nutshell. And, and can you remind our listeners, uh, most people know Cressy as a developer in the city. Yeah, it's a staple. It's, it is a staple. But can you, can you tell, them, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about Cressy? Yeah, Cressy's... Uh, 40 coming on 50 years uh, in the making uh, was founded in uh, the founder uh, um, incorporated Crest Development Corporation back in 1969. So very much still a, a family based business, although it's, it's grown to uh, quite a, quite an entity now with uh, over 300 employees and uh, you know, basically involved in all facets of real estate, um, both on residential development, uh, you know, with condos and uh, rental 
we do uh, a lot of office development and uh, are involved in multiple markets uh, in BC, Alberta, and in Washington State. Fantastic. So, Jason, last time we had you on, uh, you guys were talking about Chelsea on the Canby Corridor, and and that pre-sale project has now launched, uh, and it's been hugely successful so far. Um, do you think that project specifically is indicative of the current pre-sale market, or do you see it as an exception? Um, I, I believe that there is still um, incredible demand out there in the marketplace, uh, but the demand in, a, in an environment that we're in right now, we're, we're clearly we're seeing uh, a slowdown in the marketplace is much more discerning. And that is um, that where the, where, where the marketplace deems there to be good value offered, both in terms of, uh, you know, you know, your bang for your buck, you know, location, all that, that, that the, the demand is still there. It's not, it's just not quite as, uh, um, you know, as, as, willing to just step up and buy everything as it maybe seems to have been in the last few years when the market right. was so active. Um, but what we have at, at Chelsea really is a, a premium location in the Canby corridor. And, um, I, you know, when we designed the project, as we always do, we very much had the end user in mind. And, uh, um, you know, I think that comes across in our, in our furnished show home that we have there for people to walk through. I mean, I think that uh, when I walked in after the, the first time seeing it all furnished, I, I said to my team that it might have been our our most complete effort yet, as far as uh, um, just the thoughtful details in a in a you know it's a it's a relatively spacious home, but it really feels even bigger. And it, I just thought that it all came off really really well. And I think that what we've seen is a response similar to what I have is that people feel like this is great value, the product's good quality, it's in a great location, and if you can hit all those. All those hot buttons with the right price tag. There's still a there's still a real a real demand for that. Jason, can we talk a little bit more about the presale market? Because there's there's a luxury building at Georgian Pender that just pulled the plug um, downtown. Uh, it seems to us, at least from what we're hearing, kind of anecdotally, that the Strata windups market has kind of cooled a bit. Um, some developers out there are now offering incentives. What, what's your view of the pre-sale market more generally, and, and what direction is it heading? Well, it's interesting. I mean, it's certainly, you know, we're starting to see um, the, 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 the slowdown in activity on, you know, it, it, they're all connected, all these, you know, sub, sub-markets, single-family, uh, existing condo, townhome, and, and pre-sale. Um, the pre-sale market was the one that really sort of held out the longest in terms of its uh, robustness and, and, and continued, you know, frenzy of activity and i guess it's no surprise uh particularly given the time of year that we're you know we're getting into here and, and that that we are seeing um you know some projects uh you know pulling the plug sometimes those are for, for different reasons than necessarily just the, the the demand side of the equation uh, those are primarily around costing issues and right and uh, entitlement issues um i haven't heard any projects not achieve uh you know have a go and not achieve pre-sale targets yet and and uh, although that you know that could happen it's not been the reason that i've heard on any of these projects that i haven't moved forward but we are definitely seeing you know where where there's uh um a launch that has happened and some inventory studying around that uh developers are getting a little more aggressive and you know that's a sign of a more balanced marketplace and frankly more regular a, a more normalized market and i think there's there's nothing wrong with that per se Mm-hmm. So that that's interesting, and it's always uh, <laughs> worthwhile to kind of take a step back and and think. You know, we've been 
moving so fast in Vancouver that, you know, a balanced market actually feels like we're standing still, right? But it's it's kind of actually business as usual. Well, yeah, it is. And I think, um, you know, it's it's always, you got to be careful not to take these snapshot statistics into too much isolation because, uh, of course, it's not a, it's, that's not quite how it works when you're out there on the front lines. You know, it's uh, it's a fluid, ever-changing uh, marketplace, even daily. And I think what we will start to see here, I, you know, I've been I've been telling people that I think that September is a really pivotal month um, to indicate sort of the direction for for our industry and our market because I think as we went through the spring months and we were starting to see declining sales numbers and you know you know days on market numbers starting to you know poke back up and you know there were there was this sort of return to the normalized market but then of course we get into the, the dead of summer and it's hot and we're going into august which is traditionally a slower month mm-hmm. um so i think what we may see over the summer here in the, in the july numbers and august numbers certainly are our listings fall off um which of course you know puts pressure back on you know and then and then people will bring some of those listings back on in september and so i i really look at september as being a bit of a telltale on which direction we're going to go. Is it going to pick back up and, and, and everybody's interest will be uh, peaked again and, and, and satisfied that maybe they, you know, the market took a bit of a breather and it's time to have another, another uh, run of activity or, or is it going to be continued um, declining numbers in which case it may actually, it may actually indicate something else happening in the marketplace and people take even more of a latency approach. So Jason, if you, we work with a lot of guys, um, you know, a lot of investors, kind of mom and pop investors, and a lot of our listeners, you know, are aspiring for their first door or, you know, have a couple doors. Right now, it being very slow out there, a lot of people are saying, hey, August is a fantastic time to, to go out shopping. Would you buy an investment property this August? I, I think, yeah, no, I think it is. I, I, I always kind of chuckle about why people wait to to buy in the traditionally busy months. It, you know, I mean, it, it it's sort of counterintuitive. Um, right. You would think that the best the, the best opportunity to have choice, time, and potentially the ability to negotiate a great deal would be would be in a slower month. And so, I do think that uh, August would be a great month uh, if someone was inclined to get out there and and find a, an investment property. Um, great timing. And I, you know, my advice always is plan, you know, don't plan for the short term, plan for the medium term, at least, you know, look at an investment. At, uh, if, it, if it is an investment opportunity you're looking for, you know, minimum five year horizon, um, um, you know, location, 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 it's, it's, it's cliche, but it's super true. It's, it, you, you know, you really have to pick and choose wisely uh, because you know the, the the rental market will will follow your taste as well and if it feels great to you it probably feels great to a renter and uh, um, you know if it stays full and and uh, you have the right mindset going into it, it you know it'll probably work out um, you know so I think if you have the time to afford yourself you know the, the, the you know the time to look and find the right opportunity and buy great real estate uh, I think it's a great a, a great time to do so Fantastic advice. It, sort of stepping back a little bit on on kind of the macro level, Adam and I were talking about this before uh, before we got you on the line here. But and it's sort of uh, we we're talking about single investors there. But thinking about development companies, uh, you know, everybody talks about uh, Vancouver having a major supply issue. But if demand stays relatively low for new construction and the costs continue to escalate here um how does this impact vancouver's need for supply and and increased density that we've been talking about for years now 
Well, that's an interesting question, and it's something actually just this morning our senior group was meeting, and, and we discussed a little bit about what could be happening and what what might be the implications of a slower marketplace. Um, and the reality is, and, and you touched on it, because we get we we are in this you know crazy cost environment and in a slowing marketplace, so it's a, it's a bit of a bad combo, if you will, for for new projects moving forward. And what we've seen in the last you know last run of the market is the introduction of kind of a new concept, which are these mega mega projects, I call them. Um, lots of them, um, and some of them around Vancouver as well, and out in Surrey. And, and these are projects of many, many hundreds of units. And we've got one under construction right now, 800 and some odd units, um, to over 200,000 feet of commercial and retail. And I mean, these are these are really big projects that require an incredibly robust market to generate the velocity of pre-sales that generally it takes to go out and get yourself a good financing deal that makes sense and have a project like that move forward, not to mention the, the, you know, the risk tolerance and all the rest of it. And if we see a, a sort of a more prolonged, uh, slower market, those will be the projects that actually are the hardest ones to make sense of, but they're also the biggest chunk of the supply because they're, they're supplying so many units to the market. Um, and, but they'll become very, very difficult to actually uh, to underwrite on the, on, you know, as, as a, you know, a business decision. And so what it, what it could mean is a drastic reduction in the amount of, of new condo supply hitting the market. And of course that's going to hold pricing um, up. So although we may be going into an environment where, where there's, there's lower demand, I, I think that you'll quite quickly see the supply follow suit. And, 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 and I think that's why we are not going to see a, um, a significant change in in the in the value of of the real estate because we simply are are just going to have a, a two graph lines moving together and uh, I don't think it'll have a, a big impact on price. So so do you see a lot of developers pulling back then in the in the future if if the present conditions continue? Absolutely, and and there will be a lot of developers that will just simply take the, the position that it's not the right time to build a project. Um, I mean. Simply put, we are in an environment where the, the marketplace has has um, calmed down to some degree, um, and the costs have not. So uh, you're, you're looking at your uh, one side of the ledger that it continually is, is rising and has not sort of um, seemingly reached its peak yet, and, and then a, a marketplace that has said, okay, well, we're taking a little bit more time here to make a decision. It's, it's not the greatest combination. Uh, particularly for a lot of, you know, kind of more commodity type projects where, you know, uh, like I just mentioned, I think there's great, there's great demand for great product and great locations. But if you're a little more commodity, you know, maybe you don't have quite the, the location or, or it's a little more, um, um, you know, run of the mill product, th- that's going to be a tough equation for people to stomach. So they may just take that wait and see approach and put the project on the back burner and say, well, we'll, we'll, We'll see how things go. We'll wait for costs to come down, you know, whatever that may be. But again, it's just less supply hitting the market. And uh, um, it's an issue. We need to figure out how to get more supply out, not less. Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting. I think Tom Davidoff is a guy we've had on uh, quite a few times. And I think he said it most clearly a while ago that, you know, speculators are actually good for a real estate market because, they lead to more supply, right? When there's tons of speculators out there. So it seems, and it seems based on what you're saying here, that all these demand measures uh, that have put in place are actually, I mean, it's so clearly going to have long-term negative 
uh, effects on Vancouver as a city, kind of the health of the city? I agree. Imagine if, if, you know, well, first of all, think of how many jobs have been created and, and good paying jobs for a long time because our, our housing market has been uh, so active. And I, and I would challenge anybody who thinks that that's a bad thing to, to look at the rental market in the city and, the, and how hard it is for anybody to move here and find a place to rent. And imagine had we not had the amount of investment-oriented purchasers in those pre-sale condominium projects, which ultimately become landlords, if that had not been supplying our rental market for the last 10 years, there has been zero meaningful supply otherwise. Yeah. And I, I can only imagine how, how much harder it would be if all of those condos that are serving to serve uh, the, the rental demand weren't built. Um, it, would be, it would be tenfold as bad. You know? so, so, yeah, I, I tend to agree that you know, uh, speculators, they get a bad rap, but they're certainly providing a very important part of our marketplace. That is rental housing supply and um, incredible job creation through, the, through new, these new projects getting built. So, Jason, I mean, a lot of the BC government's current policies and even the city of Vancouver's policies are are pointing to the fact that um, the city kind of wants to push back on this idea that Vancouver is a welcoming global city. Um, Other people kind of point to areas like Shanghai or Hong Kong and say that Vancouver has a long way to go, especially in price per square foot when you consider, you know, luxury buildings that are selling for $5,000 a foot in in Hong Kong, say, for example. Um, are, are these cities still good comparables for our city? And, you know, do you think that there's a lot of room for Vancouver to still uh, increase in price dramatically over the long term? Well, I, I, would, I would probably answer that question by saying I, I wouldn't have thought that we could have seen what we've seen. So I won't try and bet on what we could or could <laughs> see again, because I, I probably would have been wrong once and I'll probably be wrong again. You know, I think the one fundamental thing that we have here is a, just a, just an amazing slice of the earth. I mean, that is you know, undeniable. Like anybody that comes here, uh, you know, probably immediately understands why it is as expensive as it is. Um, and, uh, you know, again, not to sound too cliche, but they're just not making more land, particularly around ocean fronts and, you know, a, a city bordered by mountains and, and, and a border and, and the agricultural land reserve, like it's just incredibly scarce. So is, are those the right comparisons? Maybe not, but certainly um, it's a unique city uh, for North America. It's one of only a few that are kind of constrained in the way we are with the, with the, with the appeal and the, uh, and the um, kind of global recognition. Um, so it's not surprising. And I think we could see continued, you know, over the very long term strong interest and and i really think that the you know the governments of the day and they change need to decide what we are and who we're who we're going to be and it seems like what we've been doing at least recently is sort of not knowing really what we want to be or are we we a global city or are we not or do we want to market ourselves to the world or do we want to shut ourselves shut ourselves out and you know i think that message is concerning to me i mean it's it's uh, i think it's important that anybody who is assessing an investment opportunity, whether it be real estate or other business, it feels like they can come and, and have a clear understanding of what we stand for as a province and as a country and as a, you know, maybe as a city on a more micro level and know that the rules of the day are going to be, you know, honored and not, uh, not changed halfway through an investment decision. And I think that, that that is my concern about what's happening sort of at government right now is that 
it doesn't feel like you can you can rely on you know necessarily what information is out there today because they seem quite willing to move the goalposts on you halfway through and and, and that's not a good message we we definitely need that to settle down and to have uh, some confidence return in the in the stability uh, of our marketplace. And we, we've talked about that on our podcast before, this idea of just, you know, every city goes through growing pains, but it's kind of how you deal with the growing pains that really determines how you're perceived in a global context, right? Um, and and for the longevity of, uh, of the city and, and the health of the city, of course. So, Yeah, and of course, the other, you know, the other issue that, or not the other issue, the big, a big part of this issue is just the affordability for people in our city and homelessness and you know with that you get into questions around uh addiction treatment and you know the downtown east side i still think that this is our uh, i don't know if it's still a dirty little secret but it certainly is a problem that seems to continue to be getting worse not better right um so you know housing is a part of the solution and, and as developers in the city and you know, planning departments at city hall this is a an issue that we have a, a responsibility in trying to tackle and I drive through the uh, through the downtown east side, and the only thing I can think conclusively is that what we are doing isn't working, yeah. because that uh, that problem's not is not getting better. It seems to continually get worse with each passing year, and uh, it is a major challenge that we need to do a better job as a as a community and as a as a city um, addressing for sure. Well, shifting gears a little bit here, Jason. I, we know that Cressy's kind of uh, a Vancouver-based company, and you guys operate in in a few other markets. But currently, is Cressy considering other markets outside of BC? And and what markets are you excited about? Yeah, that's an interesting question. We are um, we're active right now in in uh, the Seattle area. Um, we have done several uh, rental projects down there, mixed-use rental projects, some really really cool stuff, actually. Um, and we are actively looking at more opportunities in Seattle and, and certain other, uh, West coast cities. Uh, our focus has been primarily on the West coast just because we are, you know, cognizant of travel and those types of things. And, you know, of course there's, there's more than just investment opportunity discussions. There's things around, you know, how, how do we want to operate as a company, et cetera, et cetera. So we, we've looked at several West coast markets i mean the united states is their economy is certainly performing a lot better than ours at the moment there seems to be a lot of opportunities down there um you know say what you want about their leadership which which is a whole other uh discussion um business seems to be responding relatively well and uh you know contrast that to our environment right now where they're you know going back to that previous conversation about that's just that sense of in, instability uh with all these different policy changes that we've seen recently um we have made no commitments south of the border, but certainly it's it's something on our radar that we are discussing regularly. We actually had a, um, a representative from the Burrard Group on the podcast earlier this year talking about a project that they're doing in in Seattle. Is Cressy considering potentially building condos in Seattle, or is it is it mostly apartment buildings? You know, we we did a condo building there ooh, fifteen years ago, and and. Um, we managed to get through that uh, that project without, you know, getting involved in litigation, which is really the deterrent to to building condo down there. Um, it's, it's very litigious, and and my understanding of it is that it basically every condo project that has ever been built down there 
um, ends up in a lawsuit. Uh, it just seems to be the nature of <laughs> of that uh, of, of the world down there in terms of, of lawyers and whatnot. So it actually is why we have avoided doing it and, and focused primarily on producing assets through uh, mixed use development with um, rental apartments over over commercial. We've done a lot of that and it's been working well. Would we go back to condo potentially? But um, you know, I think right now it's 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 working well to, to to invest in rental housing. The market's you know certainly the rental market down there is a bigger portion of the housing uh, mix than it is here, although it's changing here. And so there's no shortage of demand for it with uh, the expansion of all the, uh, the, uh, the the tech companies and whatnot. It's 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 been a, a great market for us. So I would see us continuing to pursue that more of the condo. Fantastic. And maybe we have one more question here for you, and you've you've kind of touched on it, but uh, we're always big on predictions uh, here at the Vancouver Real Estate <laughs> Podcast. So I know you said September is a pivotal month. What does a balance of 2018 look like if you had to take your best stab at it? I think the balance of 2018 uh, will look more balanced. I do think uh, September will be a rebound month uh, from what we're going to see here July, August. I think there's going to be a lot of people who just take a little wait and see. Um, and I think what they'll see is that the prices remain strong. Um, and uh, um, come September, we'll see a, probably not a, a return to September levels of, of recent years because those those have obviously been you know some some of the best years we've seen. Mm-hmm. But we will see uh, a lot stronger uh, sales numbers, and uh, and the listings will pick up a little bit too. Um, and, uh, and that'll continue in a more balanced way through the end of the year. And, and, and last the next couple years, an even m- more difficult question, I guess. Yeah, I think a lot of that's going to have to do with, um, you know, what, what happens with certain, uh, elections, both at the municipal level coming up in November. And then, uh, you know, when, when we uh, look forward to how this government continues to operate in its coalition form, whether that becomes a sustainable thing, uh, and then, uh, what the next election might look like. I, I really do think that the politics are going to play into this here. Excellent. Well, Jason, hey, thanks again for your time. And how can people learn more about Cressy Development Group? Yeah, we, we can, uh, if you want new information about our uh, our projects, uh, registering online at Cressy.com to get uh, the latest updates uh, is always a good bet. Otherwise, you know, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. We have uh social media on all those different platforms so uh by all means follow along on one of those awesome well thanks so much for your time jason that was a fascinating conversation as always Uh, my pleasure guys So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Jason Turcott, Vice President of Development over at the Cressy Group. I always enjoy having Jason on the program. Really sound advice. And who better than Jason to give us uh, an update on the market? Yeah, I mean, like, we have our finger on the pulse of the market here. But I mean, like Jason just mentioned, before he talked to us, he was in a senior advisors of the Cressy Group meeting. I mean, that's uh, a lot of people in one room that know a lot about this market. So it's yeah. exciting that he just came out of that meeting and talked to us. Sounds like you're selling yourself short. I mean, you've got a senior advisor. I do. I got a couple. I took my grandma out uh, for lunch on Friday, actually. Any sound advice? Uh, yeah, drive safe was drive, was, drive the, safe. was what she told me at the end. <laughs> That's uh, consistent advice uh, from our senior <laughs> advisor. Um, uh, so before we cut for the day, uh, I wanted to actually bring up, shout out to uh, our client and longtime listener, XT. Swansea. 
XT. I, I prefer XT. Oh yeah, you go. Yeah. yeah, no, you know what I mean. XT is just like a, for initials. It's about as badass as, as you can you could be. I, I mean, was for, actually scared to meet him the first time. Well, I mean, you think Mister X? What do you think when you think of XT? You think Mister X? You think Mister T? Yeah. You think X Men? You think Exhibit? You think T Pain? You think who, what? What else? What else do you think? I don't know. You're I T-dog? didn't think about it that, didn't think, that no? hard. But. I think I think this guy is uh, who's gonna bring it to you. I think I think X is gonna bring it to you. Don't, don't you? Don't, I mean, that's totally, are, totally. Are, that's it, a, is, it is a badass name. You're it's right. a badass name. On a side note, but XD, the one, the one thing that I I gotta shout out, and this is gonna sound like a commercial, and I I promise we're not getting any money from these people, but he got me onto Daily Totals. The uh, the new contact lenses, yeah. Where you just I, I can't remember the the company is Al- Alcon, I think it is. Yeah. But water gradient one day contact lenses. It's honestly, it's like the the greatest thing. It's changed my life completely. Well, yeah, you don't look stoned all the time. Well, my eyes. I was getting. I was wearing the the month or the six month or the three month or I can't remember, but they were irritating my eyes all the time, and I always had red yeah, eyes. Beat red, yeah. And uh, these are amazing. They're super comfortable. I wear them. I take them out at the end of the night. They're done. Next day, brand new pair. Never have to like clean them or anything. It's just, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Hey. Game changer. Yeah. So uh, shout out to XT and to Elcon. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Great. What else do we got? We got the VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We do have VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. It's got the best resources like private client services. Matt, if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices. You get days on market. You get realtor level information, updates 24 to 72 hours before public MLS, and it's free and it's available on our site. That's right. If you're not using PCS, you're doing it wrong. You're absolutely doing it wrong. We also have a mobile app augmented reality it has it also has all the features of pcs but you can do it on the go picture this matt you're running on the seawall it's a beautiful sunny day yeah you know like get into this yeah and running but yeah yeah okay so you're you're, well i don't even think you could get into the power walking um are you picture this matt (laughs) crawling along the seawall (laughs) breathing heavy go on yeah yeah Uh, you see a very nice condo building it's glowing right you just take your camera phone Camera phone. <laughs> smartphone. It's you called a smartphone. Okay. You take your smartphone, you point it at the building, it immediately tells you what's for sale in that building. You like that? That sounds idea? good. That sounds good. Well, you gotta go to Vancouver Real and check it out. It's free, augmented reality. It's the mobile app. That's right. What else do we got? We got the live wire, that's our le- weekly updates. We got tips, tricks, we got deal of the month right now. And it also keeps you posted on the upcoming episodes. And one last thing, Matt, before we cut for the day, um, we are really trying to grow the podcast. And if you are benefiting from this show and if you're learning something, please do us one favor and share it with one person that you think could benefit from the show, either a family member or a friend. That's how we grow. We'd love for more people to find out about what we're doing here. And we'd love your help. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to tweet it out to your 50,000 followers. Although we appreciate that as well. Yeah, if you do that, that's great. That would be <laughs> yeah. great. If you, if you do that, that would be great. But we are trying to grow the VREP community, and uh, we really appreciate your support. And Matt, how can people reach you? Give me a shout at any time, 778-847-2854, or Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574, or Adam at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We also got that nonpartisan line, info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Excellent. Well, have a great week, guys, and uh, see you next week. Take care. 2,000 Faces for Radio. Subscribe today.
Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah, you know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the and way. And I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer, and they're looking for both donations, and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. <laughs> 